y'all. This is Pastor Laura Hutchinson at First Christian Church. Welcome to my podcast, uh, Love God and Your Neighbor. I'm glad you're here. I'm sorry that um, this is coming to you so late. I just had such a busy week. I never got a chance to post my podcast last week. So this week you're going to get two. I'm going to post this one from last week's sermon, and then right away I'll post this today's sermon. So you can hear them both, which is good because they do kind of go together. Uh, they're the two scriptures that go back to back in Luke, so they uh, have similar themes. But we're talking about um, where your priorities are, where your treasures are, and where your heart is. We're talking about um, whether or not you're prioritizing your things and, and what you need and what you want in this world as opposed to what you get with God in eternity when you spend all your time and thoughts on God and on God's people. So I hope that you enjoy this sermon and I hope that it speaks to you and um, please tune back in and listen to the next one right after this one. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening and uh, I love you. Have a great one. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So today I'm going to start with a few statistics and facts. I found these numbers to be really interesting, and I hope that you do too, and particularly relevant to our scripture today. Um, In 2017, there were over... 127,059,000 households in the United States. Remember that number, 127,059,000 households in the U.S. In 2017, there were 17,200,000 cars and trucks sold in the United States. Over 39 million televisions were sold in the U.S. in 2017. Women in the United States own an average of 10 handbags each, and they spend an average of $148 per bag. I can't imagine having that kind of cash to just spend on handbags. But anyway, um, 31 million Xbox One consoles were sold in 2017, and over 73 million PlayStations. So multiply that by 10 or 20, and that's about how many games were sold in 2017. And that's only Xbox and PlayStation. Now, and on another note, statistics show that total giving to charitable organizations was a little over $410 billion in 2017. That breaks down to about $2,081 per household. That's pretty good, right? Now, in that same time period, the average American household spent $13,608 on entertainment, cars, clothes, alcohol, smoking, and personal care products combined. So we're donating $2,000 and we're spending $13,000 on on entertainment (laughs) and, and, you know, non-essential items. So when you put that next to the $410 billion in charitable donations, people in the U.S. spent $1,701,802,872,000 on mostly non-essential luxury items. Again, I'm not going to read that number. It's a lot, right? $1 trillion plus. All of that in one year. 
And Jesus says this to us. Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. But we are a country that loves our possessions, aren't we? When I first moved here, I was reminded by God just how fleeting and unimportant all of my stuff really is, and I really do tend to think that my stuff is pretty important, right? But while I've never put a whole lot of, uh, I, I, I haven't put a lot of importance on my stuff in the sense that, you know, like it, it's not valuable, it doesn't cost a lot of money, I don't buy a lot of things, I have put a, a lot of, of um, sentimental value, yes, thank you, Griffin, I put a lot of sentimental value on my stuff. So in 2013, when I first moved here to Aniston, I lived in a house with a six-month lease because I knew that I would eventually be moving in with my parents into another place that was more appropriate for all of us. And so knowing that I would be moving again fairly soon, I kept all of my non-essential things stored up in boxes because I was waiting to get into my permanent residence, so why bother doing all that unpacking, right? So it's amazing how little you really need to live. I barely, barely missed any of the things that remained packed, and it was most of my stuff. And I never even thought about going on in search of something during that six months. I think maybe once I found myself searching through boxes trying to find something. But I do have to admit that when I finally did unpack all of my things later that same year, it felt like Christmas, and I loved seeing everything out again. But in that experience, God reminded me that while I enjoy all the stuff, all the things, it's not important or even all that valuable. And that's what Jesus is telling us today. In fact, in most of the chapter of Luke, Jesus focuses on the needs of the soul in contrast to the needs of the body. He warns that while we are afraid of losing this life, it is our eternal life with God that we should be striving to preserve. He talks about how the Holy Spirit is the most important person or thing in our lives and that it will give us what we need when we need it. Jesus tells us in chapter 12 that we should worry for nothing about our physical needs because God is taking care of us. Renee and Paige, God is taking care of you. It will be okay. And in the midst of all of this great wisdom that Jesus is expounding on his people, someone raises his hand and he says, Teacher, will you tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me? Can't you just sort of like hear Jesus groan? Oh. <laughs> Poor Jesus. Because when he thinks that he is getting through, here he has a family that is fighting over inheritance. So how many of you have known families that have been ripped apart by greed when one or both of the parents die? I have seen it happen so many times. It's more common than we'd like to admit. You know, when children left behind lose sight of what is important, which is love and family and God, and they tear each other limb from limb, fighting over who gets what of the parents' belongings. The ugly dispute is all too familiar, yes. 
haggling over furniture, dishes, silverware, house, land, and savings account left by the deceased. And Jesus is asked to be a referee, and he refuses. After all, who can judge whose greed is right? And so rather than act as judge, Jesus, Jesus states a proverbial truth and elaborates with a parable. The land of the rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store up all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night, your life is being demanded of you, and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. Very few people, when gifted with a windfall, act any differently than the farmer in this parable. All of us either think, how can I invest it, or how am I going to spend it, we rarely, if ever, ask ourselves, do I really need it? And is there someone else who needs some of it more? This farmer, like any of us, has done nothing wrong to obtain his excess. There is nothing here of bribery or theft. There is no mistreatment of workers or any criminal act. Sun, soil, and rain join to make him wealthy. He is careful, and he is conservative. And so if he is not unjust, what is he? Maybe. Well, the, the parable calls him a fool. He's foolish more than, than anything because he lives completely for himself. He talks to himself. He plans for himself. He congratulates himself. And his sudden death proves, to have, proves him to have lived as a fool. Luke 9.25 says, For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself or his soul? On one hand, it seems very practical to sort of hoard our belongings and wealth, doesn't it? We are saving up for a rainy day. We are just being responsible. Everything in our culture tells us to do this. We're making sure that we don't have to be a burden on others later on. But Jesus tells us that we are focusing on the wrong things. He knows how fleeting this life is. He's literally staring down the barrel of a cross. And he knows personally how unimportant our physical needs and wants really are. Jesus knows that the only Thing that is truly important to us is our spiritual health and well-being. In the end, our stuff, our money, our house, our cars, our expensive handbags, our gaming systems and flat-screen TVs, all of that stuff cannot save us. Lieutenant George Dixon, he was a genteel, well-respected man in the Confederate Army. 
In the early days of the war, his fiancée gave him a $20 gold piece. And during the Battle of Shiloh, a Union mini-ball struck him, actually struck the gold coin, which saved his life. The coin, soundly dented, was to remain with him wherever he went. It became his good luck piece, and he would often be seen kneading the coin in his hand. And where did Lieutenant Dixon take that coin? Onto the CSS Hunley, the Confederate submarine that he staunchly believed could break the Union blockade. But after sinking the USS uh, Houstononic, the Huntley herself sank, taking Lieutenant Dixon and his crew to their deaths. Ultimately, his golden good luck piece could not save him. Recently, though, the coin was found when the submarine was raised, so there's that. Human beings seek out Anyway, Jesus is the one who saves. Jesus is the one who protects us, who takes care of us, and sees us into eternity. That gold coin did nothing for him. I don't know how much you think about this, but I actually think about it quite a bit. I worry about our country and the people living in it. I worry that our culture is so saturated with commands to consume more and more things that we are all brainwashed to believe that stuff will make us happy and money will make us safe. I worry about my niece and my nephew growing up in this consumerist culture. And I pray often that they will learn as they grow up that God is the most important thing in life and that other people are the second most important thing in life. Some of you may remember that I was privileged to be able to study for a semester with the Archbishop Desmond Tutu while I was in seminary. If you don't know, he was the first black African bishop of the Anglican Church in both Johannesburg and then in Cape Town. And he was an instrumental figure in the fight against apartheid for human rights in South Africa. He is a big man in a very little body. Well, one day in class, he told us that he feels sorry for Americans because we have it so easy here. It was interesting. One of my classmates stood up. You can't feel sorry for Americans. We're awesome. You know, but he, he said, no, I do. I feel sorry for you. You have it too easy. Because when life is too easy, we forget how very much we need God. We fool ourselves into believing that all we have, we made for ourselves. Desmond Tutu feels sorry for us in all of our comfort and wealth. And even if you think you're poor, compared to the people he knows in South Africa, especially the black Africans living under apartheid, we do not know what poverty looks like. There was another man named Lawrence who was an African student studying for the ministry here in the United States. And for his first sermon in an elementary preaching class, he chose a text describing the joys that we'll share 
when Christ returns and ushers us into our heavenly home. He said, I've been in the United States for several months now. I've seen the great wealth that is here, the fine homes and the cars and the clothes. I have listened to many sermons in churches here too. But I have yet to hear one sermon about heaven. That's not true here. I preach about heaven all the time. But he had not heard any sermons about heaven. Because everyone has so much in this country, no one preaches about heaven. People here don't seem to need it. In my country, most people have very little. And so we preach on heaven all the time. We know how much we need it. Do we know how much we need heaven? Have we put so much value on worldly wealth, worldly comforts, and worldly pleasures that we are unable to see that this, all of this, all of this, all of this, is fleeting? It's gone in the blink of an eye. Are we able to put everything aside and say, God, you are the only thing that matters to me. So think back to the last time that you lost or broke something that was important to you. How did you react? Was it difficult? Did you lose your temper? Did you get angry or sad? Did you yell or did you cry? Did you place blame or get angry with someone else? I know that in my house there are some pretty tense moments when something gets broken, especially if it's something particularly cherished. All of these expressions and these reactions I have witnessed and expressed myself. How do you react when you lose something? Now I want you to repeat after me. It's only a thing. It's only a thing. No matter how precious or valuable a thing might be, it is only a thing, and it cannot save you. It can't make you happy. It can't bring you closer to God. And it won't get you into heaven. In fact, it won't even get to go with you to heaven, right? I think that Jesus is telling us to keep perspective about what is really important in life, and that is God. I think Jesus is encouraging us to live each day as if it were our last day, and to ask ourselves, if this were my last day on earth, would this money, this thing, this car, this house, these clothes, would any of it matter? No, they wouldn't. So why do we spend so much of our time and energy working to accumulate and keep all of this stuff in our lives? I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. When I was, um, before I left, went on to seminary, I, was, I waited tables at a restaurant called Mozzarella's in Atlanta. And uh, everyone in the, all of my coworkers knew that I was preparing to go to seminary, which means they all knew I was a Christian, they all knew I was going to be a minister. Um, and I was constantly having to explain, were asking me questions all the time. 
One of the most shocking and disappointing things that I discovered when I was a waitress is that the Sunday morning after church crowd was horrendous. I can't tell you how often I was humiliated by my people, by my brothers and sisters in faith. My co-workers, who were not believers for the most part, would come to me and go, what is wrong with Christians? An example, I, um, one Sunday, we had this huge crowd come in. It was about five families, kids, parents, everybody, all dressed in their Sunday best, still holding their Sunday worship bulletins in their hands, right? They come in, we push a bunch of tables together. Two of my coworkers worked their tails off. They were sweating by the end of that hour and a half serving these families. These families were not only rude to them, they left a huge mess. Their children left a mess. They didn't apologize for it. They didn't try to help clean it up. And at the end, did they tip them? No. Instead, they left tracks. Tracks. With a phone number, come worship with us sometime. Where are you laying your treasures? They had an opportunity to witness to the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ. They never even had to say the name Jesus. They didn't have to. And instead, they made my job harder trying to witness to my friends and my colleagues to teach them about who Christ teaches us to be. When we put our treasures on earth, that is how we treat our neighbor. When we put our treasures in heaven, we treat God with reverence and our neighbors with respect and love and kindness. And so I encourage all of you to refocus your daily lives. I encourage myself to refocus my daily life and to remember that the stuff that we have in this life means nothing. The money in my bank account means nothing, although at this moment it's zero, so it's literally nothing. And it's okay because God's taking care of me. I encourage you to spend more time helping others than helping yourself. I encourage you not to waste a single emotion on any belonging that you have acquired or lost. And I encourage you to place all value on God and on other people. I encourage you to remember what Jesus said. He said, take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told the parable of the man with all the grain, and he said, So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. It is not a sin to want to be safe and fed and clothed, right? That is not a sin, and it is not a sin to be safe and fed and clothed. 
But many people in our world are consumed with the desire to accumulate much more than what they need. This is where we have to stop and ask, where are your treasures stored? Are you rich towards God, or are you storing up solely for yourself? To know the answer to that question, try answering these first. What are the things that you find most valuable in your life? How do you spend most of your wealth and your time? What do you worry about the most in this life? The answers to those questions should lead you to know where your treasure is stored. Because if the answers don't point towards the Lord God in heaven or to God's children on this earth, then we might find that we have built a very large storage barn that we cannot take with us when we pass from this life. Amen? Amen. I hope you know that when I preach sermons like this, I'm preaching to myself more than you. I read scriptures and I prepare the sermon and I think, oh man, I think maybe I should be thinking about this a little bit more often in my own personal life. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the word of God. Calls us into reality over and over and over again.